your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 420 of Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. If you download the app, you can join Laura and myself Thursday, the day after the expansion draft and one day before the NHL draft to hang out, talk Habs, hockey, and everything else that is happening. Uh, Laura, once again, welcome. And uh, it's a good thing nothing is happening in the hockey world right now, right? <laughs> I honestly, I can't, I can't even walk away. Like I have a job, Scott, I have a job. And every time on my break or after work or whatever, I check my phone and 50 new things have happened. So I can't go on vacation and I can't have steady employment is basically what the NHL is telling me. It, it has been, uh, we thought it had finally died down enough, uh, during the, uh, during the whole, uh, post carry price Shea Weber thing. We'll just kind of wait and see what's going on a little bit. And uh, now today we have plenty of other news, some breaking in the last little bit. And Laura, do you want to start with the bad defenseman or do you want to start with losing our top line center? Um, I think we should start with the bad defenseman. <laughs> so Pierre Lebrun mentioned that a pair of teams have interest in Rasmus Ristolainen of the Buffalo Sabres and that being the Winnipeg Jets, which is hilarious, and the Montreal Canadiens, and the asking price is a prospect and a first-round pick. And I got to be real honest with you, not a fan. Uh, I've seen enough of Ristolainen over the past years. We both follow enough Sabres people. We've talked to Sabres people. It's a match made in whatever the opposite of heaven is for hockey, I guess. it's He doesn't defend well. He doesn't create a ton of offense and he's just not very good at what he does and he's expensive. And I look at it from this viewpoint too, is why are the Montreal Canadians going to help out a divisional rival, getting rid of this giant cap issue that they've got going on? Why, why should the Canadians help out with that? Honestly, it's across the board. I understand why there might be interest. Mark Bergevin's looking at Ristolainen and going, Oh, he plays top pairing minutes. He plays a lot of minutes. He's big and he's physical and he's nasty. The only issue is, is that he sucks at playing the sport of hockey and is expensive. And I would really rather not surrender a first round pick and a prospect for a guy who is not better than the internal options right now. And this is the thing too, is that there's a difference between Shea Weber and Ristolainen. And it's the fact that Shea Weber is actually good. He's aged. So in the last few years, while he's been on the Canadians, that has been clouding his talent. But he is good. Like he's a stay-at-home defenseman for sure. He's a defensive defenseman with a, with a great shot on the power play. But he's good at that. And that's not something that you can necessarily say about Ristolainen, not just based on looking at the numbers and all of that. But also, you know, our our literal first guest on this podcast was Hannah B. Uh, and uh, Hannah's a Sabres fan. And Hannah told us, I think, I think the first question that you asked actually might have been what the problem was or 
or what the wrist alignment issue was. Not a fan. It, people people uh, overrate guys that are big and that can kind of hit or that that are durable enough to to play a lot of minutes. But if the Canadians, whatever happens next year, the Canadians are going to have to change direction. It looks like because they might be out there starting goaltender, whether it's partially for the year or for you know the rest of the future, which I don't even want to think about that right now. They are going to lose their first line center, which we're going to get into in a, in a second. Uh, they are dealing with young, fast, skilled players that they are trying to mold into a contending team. Uh, they don't need a guy like that. What they need is somebody dynamic. They need e- Either they need somebody who can carry a lot of minutes but contribute to the breakout and the rush, or they need another surprise type like Joel Edmondson. Like I was very impressed with Joel Edmondson. Uh, somebody that you know somebody that is i think a little bit more mobile a little bit more dynamic a little bit more doesn't necessarily have to be an offensive superstar but does does have to be able to keep up with the rest of this team like you you aren't going to have a dynamic anymore if Shea Weber's out for again an indefinite period we don't know if it's forever or not at this point you're changing the dynamic of that entire defense by moving Jeff Petrie up to become the top pair. Uh, and, and the rest of the guys, assuming Seattle takes someone other than Brett Kulak, you know, there's a lot of changes that are happening on the blue line. And what you're looking for at this point is an upgrade. You're not looking to tie up a lot of money. Uh, you do have options because assuming Seattle takes, uh, takes, takes Kulak, they're not taking Kale Fleury. They've got some guys that might not be super, super ready right now. Now to make the jump, but over the course of the season can bring up, can be brought up to the NHL because again, we're talking about the team that has a contending window that's a few years away from now. And so, you know, you can, you can bring up internal players and you can, that, that helps with your cap situation that helps with molding a system uh, with a coach that they've now signed for three years. I don't necessarily think that Ristolainen is the answer. If a good defenseman is available, of course you go and you check and you, you, you go knocking. Uh, there are, there are going to be some free agents coming up as well. Uh, Dylan DeMello apparently is not very valued by Winnipeg. You know, there, there are questions that Mark Bergevin can ask that don't have to be in the direction of the Buffalo Sabres. And quite frankly, to me this reeks of the Canadians are in on every trade and every free agent and and this is one of those things where you know people know who to talk to to drum up some interest and they know to drop either Toronto Maple Leafs or Montreal Canadians and you know that that raises interest yeah and before we get into our next segment the last thing I want to touch on in this first part before we get to expansion because we won't you won't have an episode from us until after the expansion draft and we will see what the new makeup of this team looks like Philip Deneau has not signed an eight-year deal with the Seattle Kraken. He cannot sign an eight-year deal with the Seattle Kraken. I'm begging every single person who freaked out over that tweet to double-check your sources because if it's some guy that you've never seen before mentioning it, maybe take it with a grain of salt because it was immediately refuted by Renaud Lavoie, who talked to Don Meehan, Phil's agent, Eric Engels, and a bunch of other people. It's silly season. Please don't pollute the timeline with garbage. A little bit of research goes a long way. And speaking of research, I had to do plenty this afternoon as the Laval Rocket have finally found their next head coach. And we're going to get into who he is and what it means for the team coming up next. 
As we said before, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can hang out with myself, Laura, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time, and talk about your favorite team or your favorite sport. And we're going to be hosting a Green Room for Lockdown Canadians on Thursday, so in between the expansion draft and the NHL draft, and you can join in with us. It's so easy. All you got to do is you download it on iOS. Android is in progress right now. That's in beta. You just download it. You follow myself at Scott Matler or Laura at the active stick, and you get notified when the room goes live and you get to join in with fans, other hosts from the lockdown network and just hang out and have a good time. We talk about everything from hockey, the Canadians to stuff around the league, to food, travel, and just general nonsense. You're not going to want to miss out on it, especially with the expansion draft being the day before and the NHL draft being right around the corner. So go download the free green room app right now available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join whichever groups you want for the latest league updates. As I said, you can follow myself at Scott Matla or Laura at the active stick to get notified when the room goes live. You're not going to want to miss it. Like we said, we're going to be live Thursday at 8 PM before we record our episode, talk about the Canadians, the expansion draft and everything else. We look forward to seeing you there. Green room changing the way we talk sports. If you've been listening to Locked On Canadians, you know that we love Built Bar. Built Bar is the only protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's soft, real easy to eat, got chocolate, plenty of incredible flavors. 18 incredible flavors, in fact, and they have both nut and nut-free options for those of us with allergies. And there are flavors from caramel brownie and lemon almond cheesecake to raspberry, German chocolate, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond. There is something for everyone, and they are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They are everything you are looking for in a protein bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is put in promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com. Put together your box of a dozen flavors and get them shipped. Try them out. Put in promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. So, after a much longer wait than I think we were kind of anticipating, the Laval Rocket finally have their new head coach, and it is not who I expected it to be. It is not Alex Burrows. It sounds like he's going to be staying in the NHL, and we'll touch on that in a second. It is uh, J.F. Hool, who was working for the Bakersfield Condors in the Pacific Division of the AHL for the past six years. Before that, he was a coach in the QMJHL. He actually was a coach under Joel Bouchard, who owned the Blainville Boirian Armada, and he was a head coach for the Lewiston Maniacs. And before that, he was an assistant coach at um, Clarkson University. He brings a ton of experience. He is also the son of Rajan Hool, who refused to have any part in the interviews, anything afterwards. He didn't want to take away from his son's moment, which I thought was very generous of him, considering Rajan Hool does not have the best uh, reputation around Montreal. He was in there in that dark ages. But I look at the coach they're bringing in, a guy who was part of a team that won the Pacific Division playoffs last year. Bakersfield has had a very good farm system, even if the Oilers are utterly inept in front of them. And he's worked with the Blaineville team and he knows what Joel Bouchard is expecting from his teams across the board. It checks off all the right boxes. It's not a retread. It's a, you know, 
francophone coach, which I know is, we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast before. And it's someone who's had success and is looking to get back into head coaching and is familiar with a couple of the guys that are on this team. Donique Martel played for him. Xavier Ouellette played for him. It's not a bad spot to be in. And now we wait to see who's joining his staff in the AHL in the near future. So one of our listeners would like to know why not uh, Louis Robitaille. I don't know if I can answer that. Uh, also, uh, there was a lot of do not want from multiple listeners, actually, because of uh, who his dad is. And, uh, you know, like you said, he doesn't have the best uh, reputation here in Montreal, or at least with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. But the, I think the, uh, the thinking is he worked with Joel Bouchard. That, to me... The Joel Bouchard aspect of it is the is the key here. They liked that approach. They saw the clear difference that it made after Sylvain Lefebvre left uh, or uh, exited, should I say? Uh, and uh, and they want that. They they realize what they have right now is a team that they need to develop properly if they're going to be successful. They've talked so much about the trouble with getting trades and and signing free agents in Montreal, which has got, become a little bit easier now with the last couple of years of playoff uh, success. I, I think that they understand that picking really well doesn't have any value, any worth if you don't develop well. And there are a lot of Montreal Canadiens picks that, you know, you could question their drafting strategy or their drafting abilities or their drafting skills or personnel or whatever. But I think for the most part, at least the fans and the experts that I speak to have kind of acknowledged that it's not necessarily the draft picks, it's how they develop them. And, uh, you know, a strong AHL team has proven to, to result in a strong NHL team. Some of them make the Stanley Cup final back-to-back. Some of them unceremoniously get dumped in the first round. I, I think, you know, if you want a good NHL team, you do need to develop with, from within. You do need homegrown players and you do absolutely need a strong development system. And I think that that's what they were going for. I'm sure that there were a lot of intriguing options across the board. There were a lot of rumors as to who was going to do what, but I think for the Canadians, they're like, no, 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 we've realized the value in this and now we need to emulate it. So I just think it's really funny that they're like, all right, who was, who was Joel Bouchard's protege? Let's find that guy. I think my favorite part about this too is that he was a draft pick of the Canadians in 1993 in the third round. So he's actually, you know, played for or been a part of this club in the AHL system for a few years before he moved on to the ECHL. He was drafted in the fourth round in the 1993 entry draft, a draft where they found Saku Koivu in the first round. So it can't be all bad. And I agree with a lot of what you said there is that I don't think the system's going to change all that much. Some of the on-ice tactics might be different, but it's very clear what this team has in mind for what they should be, is that they're looking for a strong team ethic, a buy-in and everything. And maybe in the offseason, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, former players who maybe haven't, you know, loved what Joel Bouchard did, but that's a story for another time. They still got a fairly good replacement. I remember uh, Jean-Francois Houle, when they were looking for, when we talked about Sylvain Sylvain Lefebvre replacements well over five or six years ago after a couple of bad seasons, his name was at the top there because he was the head coach of the Armada and was doing very well. 
Obviously, there's been some really good success in Bakersfield with their AHL club. I don't think too much is going to change. I'm very curious to see who he brings onto his staff, if it's more junior guys, if it's people he knows from the AHL, if it's more former players. And this also now opens up the NHL bench a little bit. It's now anticipated that Alex Burroughs will return to the NHL and be on Montreal's bench. And Dominique Ducharme mentioned wanting a fourth coach if they can manage it. Uh, And I think that's going to be an associate coach, an eye in the sky kind of guy. We've talked about Guy Boucher a lot. It's helping things kind of take shape here a little bit for the Canadians. And I think that's a huge step forward because, uh, and also of note in this is that uh, Houle and other people have mentioned they've dealt directly with Scott Mellenby, not Mark Bergevin in this regard. So it seems like Mark Bergevin is kind of delegating out some of his tasks to a guy. And I think that paints a very big picture of where Scott Mellenby might end up in this organization once Mark Bergevin either just moves into a hockey ops role or just leaves when his contract is up. We don't quite know what his plan is, but it's very obvious that he trusts Scott Mellenby to make these decisions. And it's a It is a big one, uh, to be quite honest. The AHL is very important, like Laura said. And speaking of big decisions, uh, replacing Philip Deneau seems more and more and more likely by the minute. It seems unlikely he's coming back. We're going to talk about the situation surrounding him and maybe one of our options for who we think might replace him as we start to preview free agency a little bit. And that is coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.com. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So we mentioned in the first segment, there are rumors surrounding Philip Deneau that he signed an eight-year, $5.8 million a year deal with the Seattle Kraken. Those are false on the side of things that are true. Uh, Philip Deneau uh, from multiple insiders have said that it is unlikely he returns to Montreal next season, which is... Supremely disappointing. He has put his uh, home up for sale. All signs are pointing towards the Canadians are going to be Dino-less going into next season. And Laura and I were texting back and forth and she mentioned, it's like, well, what about Alexander Wenberg? Wenberg is a UFA coming out of Florida. He is exposed in the expansion draft right now. I don't anticipate Florida taking him. Uh, 17 goals, 12 assists last year, playing in a line with Patrick Hornquist and Jonathan Huberdeau mostly. So His offensive numbers might be slightly inflated a little bit, which is kind of unfortunate. But if we're looking for someone to be a third-line center and maybe eat up some defensive minutes, I haven't done a full deep dive into what uh, his fancy stats look like. But this is a guy who had a 40-point season, a 59-point season, and then it kind of started trending downhill under John Tortorella. He had a year where he had two goals and 23 assists in – uh, 75 games. He had another rough season last year in 57 games with the Blue Jackets. Across the board, he seems like a rebound candidate. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't think Alexander Wenberg is the worst idea coming off his current deal. 
I also agree. I have to say I can't take full credit for this idea. This is born out of a conversation that I had with uh, Mike Obrand, uh, Habs last, for those of you who are on Twitter, a uh, good friend of ours, a good friend of the show. Um, we were discussing Deno, that rumor, that crazy rumor uh, that was uh, quickly debunked about the Philippe Deno. We were talking about silly season and how, you know, because of everything that's been going on, things are heightened in Montreal, which is fair. I mean, this is the biggest uh, amount of news that we've had in such a short time and in quite some time, to be honest. And it's not necessarily all bad. And so the thing is, we we discussed, we talked about like Philippe Deneau, if he walks, then you're going to have to replace not necessarily a first line center is, is the key. I think that Uh, it's pretty clear that if everything goes according to development plan and the players hit their potential and their targets, then you're looking at a Nick Suzuki 1A and a Kotkaniemi 1B. So you need a guy who's going to eat up some minutes and is going to play somewhat defensively, not necessarily be the anchor of the offense. And I think that's fair. So O'Brien suggested Ben Wenberg. Uh, and then so I went and I did some homework And I spoke to one of the favorites of this show, Allison Lucan, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets writer and uh, expert on lots of things. Uh, and uh, love, 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 Allison. Uh, we must have her back. And so I just, I, I, I threw it out there. I was like, let's say you're a team that's about to lose a defensive center. Should you be looking in the direction of one Alex Wenberg or steering clear? You've got a 1A and 1B center devel developing over the next few years as it is. So, Allison's thoughts. Wenberg is a very good defensive center, the two second center or third center, a very good passer and excellent on the PK. Don't count on him to score goals. As long as you don't overpay, because he has had some injury issues courtesy of Tom Wilson, which I personally think made him a little more cautious on the ice. Again, this is Allison's thought, but the Columbus Blue Jackets could have definitely used him this past year. I want to note that when I went and looked this up, uh, he scored a hat trick against the Columbus Blue Jackets this year, which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, then Allison goes on to say off ice, uh, they are wonderful people. He and his wife, they're very socially engaged and aware. They donated a bunch of clothes to a local charity for young LGBTQ youth who may have been kicked out of their home or uh, have chosen to leave or are battling homelessness. They also have a dog that's a delight on Instagram. I'm sold. Scott, I'm sold. No, uh, you know, essentially, this is a guy who's going to be a fan favorite, who's going to endear himself to the community uh, and is a very good defensive center. So I don't know if he's even on the Montreal Canadiens radar. And to be honest, uh, I think, uh, you know, Mike knows of him because he lives in the Florida market and he has uh, his finger on the pulse of what's going on in Florida. So I do think that it's a great suggestion by Mike. And so when I went and did some digging and looking into it, that That's when I told Scott, I was like, we should talk about Wenberg. I do think he'll come in cheaper than Deno. I don't know if the Montreal Canadiens have even looked in that direction yet. But if they haven't, I certainly think that he could be good. I don't think we can expect Dano-ness out of him. But I think if you're looking for a defensive center, you can't get too much worse than that. So you've got two offensive guys and you've got two defensive guys, assuming Jake Evans stays in that spot. So, you know, obviously Ryan Paling might be there, but I, I don't know if Ryan Paling is the guy that you're you want to 
jump to immediately after losing Dano. So I think that that's a very intriguing uh, idea for Mark Borgevin to look into. And I, I, I don't, I have no idea if the organization's even remotely going to consider it, but he's also, he also seems to be kind of an under the radar kind of guy that, you know, a lot of teams based on what he did in the playoffs, they're going to be looking at Dano. His phone's probably ringing off the hook or will be, <laughs> will be ringing off the hook as soon as other teams are allowed to speak to him. And uh, so I don't know. I, you know, I, I think Wenberg's a decent, decent enough alternative if we don't have too high expectations and if the contract is not too high. Yeah, I, I look at what you said, and Allison, obviously being one of the smartest people I know on the face of this planet, is if he's very good defensively and he's good on the PK, he's immediately filling in two roles that we don't have to thrust onto Yasperi Kotkaniemi or Nick Suzuki in too big of a role, in that he can eat up some of those defensive minutes and contribute some offense, but we shouldn't be anticipating, like you said, a ton of goals, which is fine. Maybe they can find him a nice fit with Arturi Lekkonen and a Paul Byron or whomever's there on that third line and make a nice, speedy, you know, very skilled third line there and create a nice defensive unit they can put out there. It's a very smart idea. Unfortunately, fans are going to look in. They're going to want someone who can go right next to Brendan Gallagher. And I'm here's the thing about Brendan Gallagher. So I assume anyone can play with him on their wing. There's not really a downside to that. So I'm very intrigued by this. I was already was because I looked at Wenberg going into the trade deadline last year. And I think even this year before he got traded to Florida, or in the offseason, whatever it was, there's a lot to like there. He's a UFA. He's not super old. He's obviously not a sprint. He's not young anymore by uh, hockey player terms in terms of like prospectness and everything. But he's proven he can play big minutes with, you know, big name wingers, Huberto and Patrick Hornquist. And he's got the defensive chops for it. I'm not really seeing a downside to this. And I do think maybe this is the way they go. We'll be talking about other free agents and everything. Obviously, once we get past the draft, we're going to have like three days because we're not allowed any sort of peace in this uh, in this world with this. But um, for right now, let us know your thoughts. Alex Wenberg is a Philip Deneau replacement. Uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Laura's at the active stick. And I am at Scott Matla. And if you enjoyed this Locked on Canadians episode, you're going to want to check out Locked On Bets, where betting on any league, team, or sport doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.